Welcome to our new episode of The Wisdom Lovers with Aurora and Kadesh. And this week I've really been sitting with the, the topic of relationships and intimate relating. And the inspiration for that is our relationship, our dynamic, our deepening of intimacy. Um, just from my previous experiences with relating, it's different. And I don't know if I just have had um, specific ideas about what relationships are, or if it's more of a collective um, belief what it is to be in a relationship, how they should look like, what it actually is. Um, and coming from the experience of being a serial monogamist, it's just like kind of always being in a monogamous relationship. Um, then if I was single, that period was very short and then again going into a relationship and I think in a way not maybe being so good at it <laughs> not really knowing how to support a fruitful relationship to happen where both individuals are really flourishing so yeah what what do you think? What what have you, what do you have to bring around the topic of relating? Um, relationship. Well, I have tried uh, monogamy uh, relating for a couple of months. It didn't work so well for me. So I'm actually not so experienced in that side and in a way as I know monogamy like the idea is that it's just one partner for life so a serial monogamous is in a way also not really monogamous because originally if you're truly monogamous when you you separate or one dies so you just stay alone until uh, you die kind of like um, and my understanding about the relating as an expression of love, it's like the heart want to grow and connect more, it's like it's a natural tendency and it have a certain capacity, a limited capacity. The heart you mean? Yeah, to meet intimately. <clears throat> certain amount of people so it will be very difficult to be in a deep intimacy with 20 people but is it the heart that is limited isn't it more just the time and energy to um, sustain the intimacy and the closeness with so many people it's not unrelated mm. time and energy 
can be invested through any part as well through the heart and it is the heart ability to to stay open to stay uh, devoted to that love and when there is a certain uh, wisdom or ability to keep the love open so there is less energy that is needed to be um, invested energy and time in order to keep that that connection alive and, and flourishing mm. when there is a challenge so it takes more time and energy a challenge of being able to handle it um, and for some people one person is enough it's already a big challenge so two people, it's too complicated. Three, four, like that's overwhelming. And in a way also for many people it is challenged to be intimate with themselves. So, so to connect with one is a big stretch already. Mm. But oh. it seems still um, in our society that default is more towards partnering up than being alone yeah in, in I, very I know I've, he I've heard that um, like in Japan people are more and more just choosing to be alone and people are not partnering up and not having children so like in some um, cultures it's maybe more towards the default is maybe moving more towards just being alone but at least what I am used to in uh, Europe and and in particular Iceland is like there's a strong pull towards being in a relationship. Yeah, it's more the traditional approach. Mm -hmm. I think in the modern time, like many like to be more single for a longer time, not rush into relationship. So they can invest more time in uh, the career in themselves, self-development, uh, in connecting with whoever, exploring sexuality, um, doesn't have to be in that traditional form. But that's maybe more the path um, developing the intimacy with oneself before right. relating to another. Right. Because I, like at least from my experience, I had very limited understanding of myself in every aspect, mind, body, emotions, before I, I started relating to another. So, um, yeah, there was like no encouragement from the environment to actually get to know myself. There was encouragement to like wait with like being too occupied with boys so I could focus on my studies. But no encouragement to actually like know who I was and what I wanted and what worked for me and what not in, in different aspects. Yeah, it's a cultural thing. I mean, same like individual evolves and also culture evolves. And, and it's more the traditional approach is going straight into fitting to social uh, conditioned agreements of like unspoken agreements in a way that are 
supposed to be taken as granted that it should be like that mm-hmm. uh, you should um, to a certain age like when you feel uh, the desire to connect sexually so you should uh, be monogamous which means staying with that one all your life and make a family and marry of course first and all that And this is a very specific form, very traditional, and it keeps a certain social order. Um, yeah, but then from that evolves more modern approach of, uh, as you said, like first investing in myself, connecting with myself in a way, my inner uh, relationship yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah to have like a clear communication within myself like how do I treat myself how yeah. do I respect myself what are my needs what are my desires mm-hmm. mm. and once I or I or anyone connect to oneself more, So it can be to some degree that feels uh, sufficient. Okay, I've done uh, my journey to... It can be either by really going uh, more of a spiritual path, kind of like, uh, yeah, connect my inner feminine and masculine uh, or uh, something. Or it can be more, um, more kind of... Uh, common approach or modern approach that I think it's just common because uh, this is where most humanity is now which is like um, I'll connect to me being a successor like that I have a, a positive uh, impact feedback from life that I am successful in career I can be independent I, I feel empowered I feel uh, um I am what I want to be in society and then and then I will be available to have a family so I will not need to worry about also uh, resources and and so on but yeah this journey can can take other forms as well if the journey really focus more on connecting to oneself and not just to what oneself want to be in society mm-hmm. like uh, like it's in a way beyond the modern approach where many people are going to but it's less the mainstream so it's doubting the ways that it kind of so-called supposed to be uh, so it's even way further than the traditional but the thing is that there is not so much an offered alternative I mean there are ancient traditions that do inspire some um, very known ones uh, are so to go uh, into sacred marriage which is actually um, two souls looking for the completing half, the twin souls, like, for example, this idea, the very romantic idea, that is a story that 
can be lived and bring much depth into the relationship or um, it can be also the more traditional uh, tantric path like uh, it's kind of like it can integrate the sexual practices but it is practicing also non-attachment uh, as the ultimate observer so there is not exactly place for a coupleship of such type I mean there is no attachment also for not having it so it can be some like you can turn it any way you want in a way but um, if someone take it into its intimate aspect so like intimate relation with itself so it needs to let go of it all the time also and it's kind of two extremes of course to be a monk is a possibility like uh, that is uh, not connecting sexually at all like in Buddhism for example there are many who take that vowel and of course uh, I mean it's kind of like archetypal extremes these three one is the two polarities that become one. One is like, I am one and not relating sexually. Just keeping a very high uh, frequency of inner connection. And one is also being an individual but connect with many. Like a free radical in a way. Uh, radically free. Mm. although yeah in in that sense of connection with others like sexual connections or Mm. intimate romantic Um, but of course any version of a mixture of those archetypes can happen Mm. and as I see it the ultimate would be to find the middle point of this triangle that allows all the three extremes to happen. So it's kind of like a pyramid. Um, which one is on the top? It can be anyone. It's not about. No, I mean like the middle point is the top. The other are the foundation of the. Oh, like creating the, the foundation. Like a tetrahedric. Sure. Pyramid. <laughs> With with a triangular base. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um yeah, you can look at it like that. Or just two-dimensional triangle. Because um yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I I it's invited not about you. The shape, yeah. No. I took you on a track on a around sacred geometry. I get that. <laughs> okay, just from your share now, I've yeah. like every minute, like, oh, that I want to take that on a loop and explore that, and okay. um, so many points. So where to, what to pick? Well, you mentioned, um, in a way, cultivating one's inner relationship, and that 
on a more of a like maybe a spiritual approach is to look at the masculine and feminine, like inner masculine and feminine. Yeah. Um, that was really profound, um, like a pivoting point for me to understand my previous relationships better. Um, to really drop into more like, okay, I am in a female body. I am in a way representing the feminine, meeting the masculine. Mm-hmm. And my inner relationship to masculine and feminine, how that, how I projected it out and how I was meeting the masculine from that viewpoint or from that uh, worldview. And I realized how much fear I had and judgment of the masculine. I, like there was some deep, like subconscious belief that the masculine did not respect me. Um, did not respect the goddess in me. Realizing how that had influenced my previous relationships and just my connection to every man. And of course, how I treated myself. Like, that's where it starts. Um, so since then, it's been a very interesting journey to unfold these ideas. And also, another thing that plays into it is, in a way, at least in the culture that I'm surrounded by, it's been so much emphasis on, like, woman, be strong, be independent, um, like the women are equal to men and then we have certain measures like in career or salary or um, caretaking for your children like there's these, there are these measures and if you're not standing up for your rights in a certain way then you're in a way um, not supporting the, the rights and the equality of your sisters in a way, evoking shame in women to actually embracing their femininity fully um, and to be soft and be gentle and it's like oh, it, 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 it has become so what to say like wrinkled or tangled or something all these ideas about gender and equality and masculine and feminine and patriarchy and like that has really played out in my relationships. Yeah. Like as you have reflected to me, like you you meet in me um, a power play. Instead of meeting you in love and wanting the highest good for both of us, our relationship and us as individuals. In some occasions. In some occasions, suddenly there's more like a... Um, like a competition or survival game going on. Like, who's going to be the alpha? <laughs> who is who's the lead? Or, yeah. A much fear of surrendering that and actually dropping into more togetherness. Well, um, okay. So you take it to power play, which is a very common 
um, something very common in relationships is that there is an underlying power game. Who is in power? And it can come in many ways. Like there are some classical ways. And either by putting down the other or um, if one have a, a power in the sense like ability to provide for the other and the other is um, dependent on the one for having a, a higher uh, quality of whatever. So it can be then used in a way to condition the other. Um, so th this is... Uh, and also it's social power, right? It's easier like for an any, extrovert or... Any type. Mm -hmm. Any like... Yeah, if someone is challenged to to communicate with other people and for one is uh for the other one is uh very easy and so yeah of mm. course uh it can be a economic resource mm -hmm. which is in a way as a contrast for that like there is the feminine yeah so you be economically independent so you will not have to take shit of any man and so he cannot do this power play on you mm. um, but then you can do it on a man that also uh, you uh, have more uh, income than him I mean it's a possibility as well so it's not about the gender aspect it's more about just power play. It's it's going uh, deeper to a more primal aspect in us than uh, our sexual. So it's like directly survival. Mm -hmm. And it's just like animal instinct in a way. <clears throat> yeah. Also, the sexual is animal instinct, but it is it is uh, a mode that sexuality cannot be activated. Uh, or mm. it's just used in a way. What do you mean that the where the sexuality cannot be activated? You mean if uh, we're in a relationship, there's power play going on? Yeah, in in survival mode. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can use your sexuality in survival mode, but you cannot orgasm. Mm. Like when you in because survival mode is like stress. It's like now you fight for your life or run for your life or. Like it's it's danger mode, but I. That's interesting because I, I've heard many. Share that like in a way orgasm, like mm -hmm. self pleasure or sex is, is a way to release stress. Yeah, it in a can. way like a stress relief or tension relief or if if you feel frustrated like, you can just. Yeah, because if there is no real danger, you can use it to signal the body that it can relax into it and then it's like an explosion of tension that was mm -hmm. held as stress and that's great pleasure mm -hmm. so it's not really true that you cannot orgasm if there is stress 
while you generating stress, you will not. Right, in the same moment, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, and get it. when you relax, you can. But when mm -hmm. you relax, you go out of the survival mode. Mm -hmm. So you are not playing the power play anymore. Mm -hmm. For that moment that mm -hmm. you orgasm. Mm -hmm. And... And yeah, also a classic is like uh, using power play with sexuality. Like one does not provide in a way to the other sexuality. Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, very common to partners who are obligated with each other and they stuck in that jail because they are in monogamy. So it's kind of like um, another classic uh, thing. Yeah, and that's something that I've realized um, in our relation. Because we are not in a close relation, we are open, we are al allowed, or we are, have the agreement that we can connect with others sexually. Um, I feel the difference from my previous relationships it's like I, I didn't know how much I was actually suppressing my own sexual energy as a manipulation, as a power tool, because I didn't know how to express my needs, didn't know how to express something that I didn't like. Um, so it was, in a way, just a desperate move to find a way to control. And at the same time, feeling so much pain of and sadness of not being s sexual or or having like feeling juicy and wanting to engage with my partner, feeling like I was failing, and not but not realizing that it was actually coming from a much deeper root of um, just not understanding my own needs and uh, not knowing. How to meet them. Yeah, it's like conditioned love. I love you only if you behave in a way I like. Mm. In, in that sense. I mean, if I take it to how a child played this. Because uh, this is a partner you want to be sexual with, but you kind of suppress your sexuality and it keeps you in power position in a way so he need to do more effort and then you can uh, talk him that like show him he's not successful in a way so it's not supporting his self-esteem <clears throat> and you can keep on criticizing him or in whatever way it is but then how a child would it's like I don't want to hug you because you didn't give me uh, the cookie. Like, I don't like you now. I don't like... It's like... It's kind of similar to that. Mm -hmm. And then the child feels not happy also. So it's like a... It's, mm. it's a, a loop. trap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and now, like, I... Uh, just knowing that you... Of course, anyone can be with anyone like even though you are in a monogamous relationship you people cheat like people people do engage with others even though it's a, not necessarily a part of the contract but yeah 
just knowing that this is a part of our relationship agreement, like we are just free. Um, it it encourages me to like I I feel more juicy. I want to be more juicy. I I want to be. I want you to want me. You know, I I want you to be nourished sexually with me. And and if I'm like it's like I just take out the possibility like this subconscious manipulation game that I played before with my sexuality. It now it just the foundation has been taken away. So it just doesn't work. So it doesn't like it doesn't activate that part mm. in a way, yeah. which is very relieving for me. And and the result of it is that I I embrace my femininity more. I embrace my sensuality more, my sexuality, and I'm much more active and and nourished in that way. And and it keeps our connection in a way um, just deeper and more intimate. Yeah, uh, and. But it's not only about the openness of the relating, because um, I know many couples who have decided to be in open relating, but they're actually only with each other, because it's very scary in a way. Oh, what if you would like the other one more and then you would leave me? Like, everyone have that fear. Mm -hmm. And that's why, in a way, monogamy is so safe. It's protecting from that fear that can be stressful for someone if they don't know how to meet that, if they don't are not willing to go into that and like to to let go in a way like this archetype of the uh, celibate. Um, the the advantage of that archetype as of the celibate, <coughs> so. There is a union of the masculine and feminine within that archetype, but the identity transcends that and just become kind of like a ultimate observer in a way, the most objective possible perception. And, and it can um, support the couple archetype to not be too much holding for for that corner of that triangle it's like uh, as if i'm not succeeding in that then i'm a failure then i am like then it's a disaster succeeding in what in staying to play that corner of the triangle the corner of coupleship mm like two halves becoming one mm -hmm. and to to expand it to to more be not the one who wants it or the one who don't wants it but just to be the observer who observes what's happening and then it's possible to let go every moment mm -hmm. But that's the thing with um, with love, in a way. Love that is not conditioned, more to say, that 
it's in a way like a love um it's commonly where a mother loves a child even though the child behave in a way she really don't like she still love him and she will always like she knows she will always be for him and so so in a way this love is not conditioned by what the other do and and same in in a coupleship it's like knowing that i will love you no matter in a way what and some things might influence the dynamic some things i mean for good and or for mm-hmm. for good i mean um for deepening the intimacy for uh deeper trust yeah mm-hmm. more harmony of union mm-hmm. and some will bring more separation in the actuality um but my inner connection is established and this is kind of the primal focus so i am in a way making love within me so i'm generating love there is a love generator within that is always making love in a way and then it's adding another person into that to make a little uh, three three or like orgy uh, and it also can very much support this archetype of the celibate of the it can very much support the other corner of the cir- the triangle the, of the one who want to be with many it's kind of like i can imagine it as an emperor that can be like i remember i've studied uh the yellow emperor uh, practices on uh, sexuality so he for a long period was with 11 virgins every night for a while like so this is uh so who's the yellow emperor uh it's a ancient emperor of china from few thousands of years ago mm. it's uh, ancient texts about researching uh like sexuality and so on um so this is kind of classic uh, someone who is with many and the more meditator archetype or the one who is the celibate that transcends the sexuality very much can support the one who goes with many to support that the connections will be with deeper intimacy mm. and not necessarily trust not necessarily um deepening the connection more and more but that in the meeting there will be um, it's it's not just two pieces of meat making friction it's not coming from greed but coming from love or connection or more it's mm-hmm. it's more uh, saturated <coughs> with love mm-hmm. with with the less condition less conditioned love in a way maybe to say mm-hmm. but it's so interesting to like to say this is the uh, approach of the tantra 
like the non-attachment and to be open and explore the sexuality. It's like in in my upbringing, it's like just to be a slut or it's so interesting to just change the viewpoint of like, oh, it might actually be a spiritual practice of exploring oneself and life force and yeah, human dynamics or like it's like oh is there actually value to it it's not exactly what i said that this is the way of the tantra um the the tantra the traditional tantra is focused on the celibate mm-hmm. and in a very advanced stage there are practices of sexuality to challenge the celibate and through the challenge to even strengthen that person's ability to stay in the meditation mm-hmm. and not be moved by, by temptation. Yeah, and to the subtleties of like being on the peak of uh, orgasm or ejaculation. Like, I, originally, it started uh, as a practice only for men. And also the sexual practice is not the main thing there. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the West, it became maybe what can be called the Neo-Tantra. So then it was very much focused on sexuality as a counterbalance to where society, Western society, is. Mm -hmm. Like, with much impact of Christianity, which shames sexuality immensely. And just like, (laughs) when I just think of it now, reflect on our conversation in the last minutes. Like, whoa, so much what we're saying is something that would have really challenged me not so long ago. Like, I've been journeying with my own sexuality and, like, remembering, reclaiming um, my sovereignty and my, like, my freedom in that realm. But just knowing that it's so far away, so far off, um, at least it used to be. I think in general, the, at least here in Iceland, the conversation is opening up about sexuality and and to speak openly about these things i don't know how i think like the idea of openly relating is still quite new or well not new but maybe not so common Mm. it's not commonly accepted but it was always yeah um yeah especially in more uh, traditional mindset of people it's uh, rare over there, like uh, in these uh, societies, societies that are more religious. I mean, um, it's like um, it's yeah, more more an approach that wants to hold on to the familiar and safe rather than go and explore adventures of like ecstasy state um <clears throat> but then yeah there are those who want to actually rebel and go and explore new ways or even without rebel just explore more ways so yeah and and from my experience it's like uh, in a way one way to look at it like i have failed in my attempts in relationships like they have come to an end um 
even though, especially in my last relationship, the the feeling when it came to an end was more like like a celebration of, of in a way, finishing a chapter together. But um, but then it's like, okay, is it maybe not me who is failing? It's more just I'm choosing a way of relating that doesn't really suit me. So if I'm trying to to um, to create something that is not really fitting, of course it will fail because it's not the natural way for me in yeah. particular. It's a possibility. It's not necessarily like that, but it's no, it's it, but it's just op- opens up like another another way to look at it. Um, but for sure, feeling also in our relation, like when we started connecting, I I knew how you've more lived, more free, engaging here, like engaging just where you feel called. Um, so starting to relating to you, I didn't even have the expectation of it becoming monogamous, which in a way gave me much freedom from my own patterns mm-hmm. and my own suffering, the, the suffering that I create when I became intimate with someone. Because so many like attachment and ideas and I just like started caging myself so much um but becoming more intimate with you it was like oh it's coming from such a different direction that it didn't really trigger these things until much later in our uh, in our dynamic when we moved in together that was the <laughs> the moment where these these patterns activated um and still moving through a lot of like ideas and fears around this, like not wanting to lose what we have or being afraid that you will want to be with someone else. Or... And even just that, I remember when you were like, yeah, like if you're jealous, you're jealous. Like it's okay to be jealous. I was judging jealousy so much. Like the idea was that, okay, if I'm choosing to be openly relating, then I should just be fine with it all and not afraid at all. Or now it's actually meeting the challenges, and I've learned much through you how you communicate, how open you are, and honest. Um, it's for me. For me, it's like, whoa! Is it okay to speak about these things? Like honesty and. Doing it slowly and in an honoring way for each other. When you say these things, uh, it's not clear what you mean. When I say what things in particular? These things, like, is it okay to speak about these things? Right, about these things, yeah. Um, so, for example, if you feel attracted to someone, like you... We are somewhere, like some, maybe we're together or not, but you then share with me, oh, I feel attraction there. And you just speak of it so openly. And for me, it's like a relief. I feel more trust when you actually speak of these things instead of us pretending mm-hmm. that neither of us is attracted to anyone else than just each other. Um, 
Mm. Yeah. And still finding myself, if I feel attraction to someone, like shame comes up. And I'm like, how, how do I handle it? How do I, what to do with it? Do I act on it or do I suppress it or do I hide it or do I share it? Am I hurting you? It's like, whoa. It's, <laughs> so it's a new realm to navigate. Um, really feeling like uh, sometimes just like a six-year-old in communication or something. Maybe to take it uh, then again to that uh, triangle. Because mm-hmm. uh, for me it's very um, useful mm, tool to observe relating that are around sexuality. So that corner of the monogamy of the two halves together what's exactly in the opposite side of it is the middle point between the celibate and between the uh, zorba kind of like the one who are is with many and it means in a way it's like the celibate the quality that this one brings is is intimacy because this one knows itself so this one can be open to let you know itself deeper because it knows itself and it will want also to know you deeper because mm-hmm. it know if if there is a, such a direction for the will because it knows itself in to that depth and the quality of the one who is uh, sexually with many, it's uh, more the um, sexual attraction. It keeps life with a lot of eros around sexuality, a lot of attraction. It's very arousing to be with every night with the new 11 virgins. It's very arousing. It sounds exhausting for me. <laughs> well, you can just be passive and let them do the work. Um, for a limited amount of time. Mm. I mean, it It doesn't have to be every night, but it's like that availability or whenever... It's like being alive. Like, yeah, there is mm. something alive in it, and mm. it's like this eros, this mm. like erotic uh, life. And it's like the, I really feel the polarity between the celibate, which is more spirit, yeah, more consciousness, and then the other one more, like when you go to the one who is exploring and with the 11 virgins, virgins every night, yeah, more like animal instinct or more earth and more juiciness in a way more sensuality life force yeah it's kind of more Mm -hmm. in a way the other polarity Mm -hmm. and the couple corner is where the trust is Mm. it's like deepening like i i trust in our togetherness i trust that you stay with me for all my life for all our life and maybe beyond this life like depends how we perceive it but 
It's like these three elements, trust, intimacy, and sexual attraction. Mm-hmm. The, all of them are important. But when there is the holding on to the, to the idea of relationship that it should be in that monogamic way, what often happens, it reduces the sexual attraction with time and it reduces also the deepening of the intimacy. And it settles only in trust. Mm. And this is like buddies, it's like nice partners. It's it's good for partnership, but um, it's not so alive and it's not so deep. Mm. And the opposite of that, in a way, is something that have no trust so much, but it is very deep and very alive, like uh, very arousing. Mm. Yeah, the word that comes to me is stability. It's like the trust is like it's very stable, yeah. but it's not to, so creative. It's yeah. not maybe generating anything new or maybe doesn't handle changes. Like, yeah, lack of creativity. Yeah, it's holding on to the familiar. It mm-hmm. is non-creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, in a way, almost by definition. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's in a way a counterbalance to uh, shake off from the inertion of going into that corner of the triangle. It's to go to exactly the opposite, at least towards that direction. You mean where you focus more on, on deepening intimacy and the sexual attraction? Yeah. Yeah. So it is now more freedom than security. Mm-hmm. And freedom both to explore, like in one side, to explore sexuality and, and the orgasmic, uh, ecstatic aspect of it, but also the freedom to explore myself more. Who am I? Like, mm. what, what is me in a way? Mm. Outside of the relationship. Out, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, as an individual. So mm-hmm. it, it's both, like, these are both corners in a way that are um, influencing that mm. of the celibate and uh, Hedonic one, maybe, if to put it in one word. <laughs> Hedonistic. You keep bringing new names for <laughs> Yeah, one. maybe we can call it's it... A bit confusing. To, okay, so to organize it. Um, so one corner is the coupleship corner, one corner is the celibate corner, and one corner would be maybe the hedonistic corner. Mm. So hedonistic means what? Um, just going into the sensual pleasure mm. without uh, any uh, necessarily any morality or values that are trustworthy and without um, interest in deepening intimacy or no wanting to know itself better or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just the pleasure in its rawness. Yeah, I guess that has been one of the biggest surprises of meeting you more and more intimately. Like, uh, 
from my point of view, with my worldview, first when I was getting to know you, I thought you were just hedonist, like in the hedonistic point of view. But then like being really surprised to actually then start meeting more the um, intimacy, mm-hmm. which reflected to me like how uh, little I know myself and how um, more intimacy within myself was in a way needed for, and is needed for me to keep meeting you. And then when like even dropping into the coupleship, that was like, like when you, you know, I expanded my view of you into these three corners. Um, well, my idea of myself was more coming from only the coupleship. Yeah, also been on a spiritual path, like more celibate. And I yeah, was in a relationship for a while, but we were more just in the celibate corner. There, really focusing on uh, the inner knowing and mm-hmm. the consciousness really neglecting the body, the hedonistic aspect. Yeah. And that that's in a way the, the invitation, like that was why I was drawn to connect with you because I felt um, something was missing. The mm-hmm. hedonistic, the sensuality, the sexuality, it was like a part of me totally missing and had been lost since childhood. So, um, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. I, I kind of see like a spiral now, like where, like coming from the partnership, identity, meeting mm-hmm. you more in the hedonistic and then being like pulled into the um, intimacy and then suddenly like, what? Are we going into partnership? And it's like, <laughs> it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. Surprising. So if I would have, um, wouldn't have dared to challenge my own uh, stability and security with staying in the unknown, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to experience, explore, and in a way create new way of relating for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way, I would say it started when you started to connect more to the intimacy. You were seeking for more intimacy and that opened you to feel, okay, something more is missing, it's the mm-hmm. hedonistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's it's often like that, this is like the safer way to open um, because uh, the hedonistic part is uh, quite demonized um and so it's kind of preferably to be pushed into the shadows part into the unconscious not owning it to uh, judge it uh, to be afraid of it yeah, it's like shamed and it's a taboo yeah mm-hmm. yeah in in maybe the freudian model which is quite simple to describe the western uh, mentality so it's kind of like more the id part mm. like the the objectified uh, part and the intimacy the celibate the the trans sexual trans like transcended above sexuality and um n- not transformed sexuality it's a uh, sexual but yeah like uh the the celibate part 
one who deepens the intimacy with itself, this is more would be kind of uh, equivalent to the superego, to an ideal good that is uh, never achievable in a way. And it's safer to go there because there is social confirmation of it to a certain degree and people are not as aggressively uh, pushing it off mm. from them. And some even glorifying it. Yes. <clears throat> like a guru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a noble path. Yeah. Yeah, but also many criticize it as uh, to be... Uh, like a more a modern approach can very much uh, criticize it as just uh, imaginary and not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the hedonistic part is uh, often acted in uh, hiding, in cheating, in like in those ways that are uh, kept in secret. Mm-hmm. So the, there is limitation of how much intimacy can connect with that. And, but this is a... There, there are many ways to... I think eventually everyone wants to integrate all the three parts of the triangle to come to the center, whether they know it or not. I think this is in a way the mm-hmm. ultimate uh, form to evolve. And it's a journey. We we never fully in the center in a way. We're always towards the center, spiraling around it. Right. And and you're surely only hedonistic, like to meet that again within myself. Because I remember myself as a sexual being when I was a child, like very curious about sexuality, um, starting self pleasuring very young, um, curious about like finding out like a neo-tantra book in my parents' uh, uh, closet. So fascinated by the pictures. and But then really, like, growing up, buying into the shame around it, like, oh, it's something not so good. Um, and then reclaiming that and remembering that and, and having the opportunity to mature that aspect of my being like ah it's so innocent it's it's so pure it's It's natural it's so it's natural yeah it's totally natural and it's not necessarily domesticated right it's natural so natural and it's um like ah just feeling more wholeness brought to my being um And and what comes up now, like one of the big gifts of it, it's like mm-hmm. it's a big challenge in receiving. And back to my spiraling back to uh, my previous year about my re- relationship experiences and um, acknowledging the disharmoni- disharmonious relationship within me of masculine and feminine, like really not daring to receive. I didn't know how to receive. Always giving, providing, needing to be independent and be on my own and make things happen, like very more in like holding on too stubbornly on um, masculine energy. But opening into the hedonistic, 
it's such a beautiful way to practice receiving and giving and, and the flow of these. Uh, it can be destructive as well when of it course. is hedonistic that is not integrated with the other parts. Mm-hmm. Every corner in itself is... Uh, um, Maybe to say that the celibate corner is the safest for um, one uh, evolution uh, in, as a consciousness. And the hedonistic is the least safe. Mm-hmm. Like if to go into that corner focused without the other elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you tree. take it to the extreme. Yeah, because it's... It's not anymore like naturally innocent, like uh, connecting to your wild nature and integrate, but it can become obsessive, uh, compulsive, uh, addicted, mm-hmm. and like that cannot contain itself. Mm-hmm. It's and like you desired. said, the em- emperor. It's like you, you mentioned that. Well, the way. emperor, um, actually, he was containing its own desire. It was a practice. He just have the abundance. Oh, I thought you meant like just archetypally, like that was more like a conqueror or something. Well, it, it's more one that have integrated um, other aspects, but very um, representing uh, also that corner. But if to say only that corner that is uh, stuck there, like in, mm-hmm. in the corner of relationship, of coupleship, um so holding on to monogamy and leaving a empty uh relationship for all life mm-hmm. so in that corner like the stuckness there would be someone who is addict mm-hmm. who is uh, addict to sex or or like or like cannot control itself um to the level that it destroys its life mm-hmm. Uh, is not so much functional it's right. it's the most destructive one and and the corner of the celibate would be yeah like going away from humanity and just be alone all life it's, so it's very, very isolated yeah the uh, hedonistic is more destructive yeah and then with the coupleship it's more um like empty or hollow yeah they, they all miss something mm. uh, um Yeah, but maybe we can we can present it like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can refine the definition. And it's so interesting. Like I I so relate to all of these aspects. Like I know them within me. Yeah, they I, are. I I know the I know the ones that are imbalanced. No, uh, imbalanced and like an extreme. And I also know them in more of a harmony. It's um, archetypes. Yeah, they exist in us. Yeah, so the the general idea is to come to integration of them. That's that's how I perceive the the relationship, like mm-hmm. the topic you want to uh, open with. Yeah. yeah, and this is where I strive. In, for example, meeting with you, how can we live all three of them in their fullness? And the only one that is dependent 
the only one of the three corners that is dependent on someone else is the one of the coupleship, is to find someone to do it with. The other two I can do alone, especially the celibate one. I don't need anyone there. But, um, so, so there is um, something interesting in doing it together because it actually, it can nourish the other aspects as well. I'm just <laughs> realizing, like, I've, I've learned so, I'm, I'm, this conversation is bringing me to a deeper understanding of what you, you've kept, like, sharing with me what you want and where you're coming from in our connection. And now I'm like, I get it. <laughs> At least to the next level. <laughs> yeah. Very helpful, the uh, triangle. Like this map of the triangle. And also, uh, it's like it's not about coming to a still point, but just allowing the spiral to move me and like where I feel that I'm, if I need to visit one of these parts more, like to allow life to spiral me and trust that the, the spiraling between the archetypes is bringing me closer to the center. Mm-hmm. Not getting stuck in like one aspect. Yeah. Moving from there. Every round of the spiral is feeling more integrated in that aspect of including all the. And sometimes it might mean a period of time of uh, isolation, like going to retreat somewhere. And sometimes it means becoming wildly sexual with. Uh, big number of people um, and sometimes it means that it's just two of us for like with with feeling that this is for life and just being in that but it is transforming mm -hmm. because we are always changing and what I have noticed it is always going around these three polarities mm -hmm. it's like a tripole uh, kind of uh, map and in that in that order you mean coming from the coupleship oh uh, not necessarily the, oh, can't go the other round yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so interesting it, it can also start not in the coupleship mm -hmm. it can start in any mm -hmm. yeah for me it started in the the celibate for mm -hmm. example and then more into the hedonistic, right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I was originally, I have defined myself as asexual, mm -hmm. like when I was a teenager. And But then I opened into the tantric practices and it was time to go into that. So I opened to sexuality as a spiritual practice. So yeah, I went into the hedonistic. And mm -hmm. the last one for me was the coupleship. Yeah. It's a different order. It can be any mm -hmm. order. Six possibilities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think we are reaching a perfect time for closure. Yeah. For this topic of the day. I mean, there. This is a big interest of mine. <laughs> so maybe you will bring in some topics about it. And then 
another talk. Yeah, there was like there, there was a part of your sharing where I was like, oh, I want to take this and I want to express explore that further and yeah, yeah, <laughs> exciting, <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> so again, like if you uh, are listening and you are curious about something or would love us to share something or explore some topics please let us know yeah. love to hear from you yeah any any topic that comes up yeah will support us uh, knowing what to talk about more what what is the interest of people more And if you listen, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>